Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Jokic behind his back. What a taste like, Jokic. sitter. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to the Pickaxe Pundit Show. I am your host, Zach Mikosh from DenverStiffs.com. You are listening to the SB Nation Podcast Network? Denver Stiffs Podcast Network? Who really knows? Anyways, one of those two. We'll figure out what we're going to call it later. But we are officially now on our own independent podcast network. Uh, shout out to the guys over at Nothing But Net. Had nothing but good things to say about our time with them. But we are now independent. Uh, and we're starting out with some great stuff for you guys. If you haven't noticed, the Pickaxe Pundits is no longer, uh, along with, of course, Locked On Nuggets, the only two podcasts up on the site anymore. We've already seen now we had uh, two episodes of Nuggets Numbers, a little bit more of an analytics kind of slant with some some still general NBA topic stuff. That one being done by um, Ryan Blackburn. We'll have him on the show today. Uh, I really like that show. I've listened to both episodes so far. I am a guy who doesn't use analytics a ton. I'll use it sometimes to kind of verify what uh, what I think I'm seeing or to try and get some backup for what I think I'm seeing. But I don't live and die by it. And what I like about that show is it doesn't live and die by it either. I mean, those guys bring up some very interesting stats, some interesting numbers, but then they kind of talk about them in general terms and what they mean to the team overall. So a great show, uh, whether you're a big time stats guy or just a casual stats guy or really don't like stats at all. Uh, certainly something worth checking out. We also have the dig with, uh, Jeremy Poli. I don't know if you guys caught that one, but, um, I, I've yet to see another Denver Nuggets podcast throw down a haiku quite like those guys did. So that's another great show, a general Nuggets show that's a little more on the quirky side, I'd say, than than how we are here at the Pickaxe. So if you guys enjoy that kind of voice and that kind of uh, show style, I, I absolutely encourage you to check it out. It was a great show last time. It was a long one. They ended up they ended up coupling together two shows into one. So usually about a half an hour, but that one's a little bit longer, but still worth checking out. And then finally, Brendan Vogt came out with uh, just the latest on our Pickaxe Network. That one, of course, was entitled Full Court Press. Brendan's got something really cool going on where he's kind of looking at it more from uh, just like the media standpoint, standpoint, more of a behind-the-scenes kind of look for you guys. If you guys really want to know what what is behind these people who are creating all this content for you uh brandon's diving into that and he's getting kind of that the backstories and the motivations behind all these people I had a great debut episode with our own editor-in-chief adam Mares, so i encourage you guys to check that out but that's basically what you guys should be expecting from uh for here on out we are going to have all those shows continue to recur on the Denver Stiffs Podcast Network. And, of course, the Pickaxe Pundit's still going to be there for you guys every Monday, every week, wrapping up what happened in the last week, looking forward to what's coming up. That is going to be always the same. However, we're changing it up a little bit now that we're on this new network. I wanted to try and do something a little different in, in, uh, in conjunction with the launch onto the new network, and I thought to myself – I'm going to go with something that I've thought about doing for a long time, which is instead of just having a host or two hosts sit with me and we talk for about an hour uh, on on the what happened, what is going to happen, kind of our general you know flagship of this network, as you will, I wanted to get the takes from people on certain topics. Uh, I wanted them to be more fresh, right? Because we only get together 
once once a week on Mondays. A lot happens in a week in the Nuggets. So if something happened on a Tuesday or Wednesday, it's going to be you know five six days before we get to it. So I wanted to make sure that people's people's thoughts were still fresh on those topics. So what I'm doing now is I'm actually recording the podcast throughout the week. I'm checking in with different Denver Stiffs uh, personalities, different Denver Stiffs writers, hosts, uh, everybody you guys have heard on the pickaxe so far. And and then what we're doing is we're putting it all together, kind of like an NPR style, right, if you will, kind of show at the end. So I'm going to narrate, I guess, uh, through these different different segments, and then and then we'll we'll get these takes from all the different different personalities. So just to just to open it up, we uh, we're gonna look back on the on the week. We've got we've got two games that the Nuggets played last week. They played Sacramento Kings and the Los Angeles Lakers. Kings game went a bit better than the Lakers did, of course. And then um, after that, I want to end up end our show going with it like we always do looking forward so to talk about that first kings game uh i was there at the pepsi center i got a chance to catch up with brendan vote and adam Mates, so i'll get to those guys take here in just a bit and then following that uh we've got ryan blackburn with us like i said he'll take he's gonna break down that lakers game uh for us the first loss of the year for the Nuggets, so we wanted to kind of talk about that, and then we'll spend the last half of the show looking forward to what's next, and that will be with Mr. Gordon Gross, so let's not delay any longer, here it is, this is myself with Adam Mares and Brendan Vote right after that win against Sacramento at the Pepsi Center. All right, everybody, we are down here at the Pepsi Center. I have got Adam Mares and Brendan Vote. Brendan. Wow, already. <laughs> one wow. one second in and Brendan's already screwing up the audio. Actually, you're supposed to say bless you. <laughs> the correct way to handle that. Yeah. Uh, that's not my style, Brendan. Sorry, man. Uh, anyways, so we are, we are still here, like I said, at the Pepsi Center, just wrapping up after this Kings game here on, what is it, Tuesday? I felt like it was more of a Nuggets game. That's it was it, Nuggets. I mean, I think most people assume it's a Nuggets game when they listen to the Pickaxe Pundit Show. But you're right about that. They could be here for like some mining uh, information or something. I don't know. I'm just bitterly disappointed. <laughs> yes. I thought this was a show about trenching. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, good start. Off to a hot start. Here we go. Coming in hot. This is why I don't have Adam on. No, uh, <laughs> um, all right, so. Uh, Mr. Mahrez, I'll go to you first. How worried were you that they were going to drop this game because it was a quote-unquote trap game? Yeah, awesome, guys. Yeah, <laughs> Should we silence our phones before this? Hang on, I have to sneeze again. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> no, your question, how, how nervous was I? Not at all, to be honest. And that's, and that's, I think, the coolest part about this is I actually, it's not that I believe in the Nuggets. I believed in them last year. I thought they were very good. I I think they're so good that I don't worry about games like this. Sure, they'll drop one or two throughout the year, but tonight I just felt confident that this was going to be a 25-point win, which it was, other than garbage time. Was that a brag or just like a coincidence? That was a brag. (laughs) Okay. So, yeah, I mean, because what the line was, what, 11 and a half, I think? Um, Yeah. Vegas always knows. And I was like, as I was telling you pregame in our our pregame video that – if it's more than 10 points, uh, you, I'd say you always stay away or at least bet against, but that would have been a bad bet for me. So I guess, uh, Brandon, what about you, man? How were, how nervous were you? Last year I would have been nervous. I really do feel like something's a little different this year. I mean, we'll feel that way until it's not, right? But 100%. Right. But I don't know. I just think, look, this team is, is really good this year. Home gain against the Kings. Everyone's been shoving this idea down their throats for months now that they blow these types of games. I expected them to come in and play well. Right, that's... Uh, see, I'm the one. I'm the only, I guess I was the the lone one who's like still holding out with Nug Life, right? Like it's, it's. You I, gotta let it go. I know, and every single game. So the first game was like, oh, road game in LA opener. Yeah, they could lose that. And then the home opener I was like, well, we've seen them drop home openers before when they should have won. And then it was well, back to back against Warriors. Like I keep trying to talk myself yeah. out of them every time, and they keep. They keep doing. It. I guess I don't know. I don't. That's know the healthy place comes. to be, though. It's it's great <laughs> it's to be pleasantly surprised in a in, you right. know when you're disappointed. Then that's the worst. Make no mistake. At some point this season, Nug Life will creep its it will, way right. back. It, all, it finds a way. I guess all right. Will Barton got hurt in game two, so that's. that's but you know what? But this is where I'm, this is kind of the point I'm getting at. When that happened, I was defl- then I was deflated. Right. I was just kind of like, okay, the ceiling's lower, but the team has really not missed a beat. And right. I mean, obviously, I think they'd be much better with with Barton. He's a great player. Of course. But they're just. So locked in, but also so talented. Like, we always... Here's the thing. We always thought Jokic was this great player, and he was. 
But there's a difference between being a great player and being like an experienced and mature great right. player. And now right. he's starting to be that. And Gary Harris is starting to be that. And right. it's and that's what's so cool about it. And you actually have your, your experienced um, player, veteran player, and Paul Millsap back now. Who's right? actually and back. Yeah, yeah. And, and full strength. One thing that I love about Paul Millsap, there's actually no difference between him being back or gone than just the ball going in. It looks just as ugly. Yeah. It, <laughs> it looks really rough. But He it's fell nice. over today for two points. <laughs> <laughs> It's pretty tough. No, I, I, you know, he had, I actually say, he had a, his best game offensively. No doubt. It was like six for seven or five for six. Yeah, he was, yeah, knocked yeah, he down was a three, solid. stepped back and oh, made a three. That three, I think, was like a monkey off the back, right? Right. Yeah, he yes. needed to see that one go through. Yes. It also looked pretty easy off the hand, which is a rare thing for Millsap. Right. So hopefully that's a sign of, of, you know, some confidence here. Right, yeah, absolutely. This team is good. Like, it's we have no, to, yeah. honestly, no I know we're all trying to be, like, professional. It, right? No, we're all trying to be, like, let's not get our hopes up. And it's true. Like, let's... But this team is good. They're just capable. Yeah. Tonight they beat the Kings by 30 points with like 22 minutes to go in the game, right? right. Like two minutes into the second half, they're up by 20-something points. And it's like, no, that's just because when they try a little bit, they're so good. Right. And I didn't even think they played no, well yeah. tonight. No, yeah, that's what I was going to yeah. say, too. Yeah, yeah, I thought they didn't play very well at all. And you just kind of looked up and then you looked and like, oh, wow, they're up by like 20 points now. You know, it's just one of those, yeah. kind of one of those games where they ran away with it. Um... <laughs> Shouts to housekeeping. Yeah, shouts to housekeeping. They are getting sick of us, let me tell you that. Uh, All right, so let's get down to just one other question here on this game. So, Brian, I'll go over your first man. Eight players and double figures. When you look at the way they did this, it was very reminiscent to me of of the 2013 Nuggets. That's pretty much how they won every game. Do you think in today's NBA, is that the way to do it? Is it to have eight different guys getting 15 to 20 points? Or do they need to have that guy every night who's giving them 25-plus? I just think you take what whatever works. I mean, if you got a guy who's giving you 30 and you're winning, great. If it's a team effort, great. Uh, one of the things I love about this Nuggets team is it can be both. Right. right? And Jamal is a guy who can give you a high point total. Jokic obviously can go off, but you will get games like this. Um, and, and it's, you know, I thought the bench played pretty well tonight. You know, it's the Kings, but it's encouraging. Right, right. Yeah, I thought, uh, I kind of agree with you because I thought we saw in like, you know, when you think about a guy who scores 25, 30 a night, you think about a guy who's going to take over the game for you, uh, carry you through some rough spots. And I thought we saw tonight Gary did that in the first yeah. half, right? And then no Jamal doubt. in the yeah. second half kind of carried them for a little bit. So if, it doesn't necessarily have to be every player, right? It's just got to be – they've got to have those spurts. Or it doesn't have to be one player. It can be every player, but they just got to have those spurts where they know they can put it on a guy's back. I think three players have to be there whether the stats are there or not, and that's Gary Harris, Nikola Jokic, and Paul Millsap. Right. And, and they all do different things. Like Jokic tonight I thought was great. He had 14 points or whatever. But I think all three of those guys have to bring it. And then you're going to get Barton. You're going to get Wancho. You're going to get Lyles, Murray. Those guys can go off for spurts. And like you said, that's when you really open up the lead. But those other three guys to me are the the big three of the Nuggets. And they're the ones that just have to be at least – they have a baseline they have to hit every game. It's no longer a question, right? Gary Harris is the second best, second most important player on this team. He's got to be. I think think just – we we talk about it every year. And I really thought this year was the year I was like – Gary has he's hit his ceiling. He's peaked. You can't expect him to make another jump like he has. But I mean, four games in, it looks like I mean Gary Harris looks like a, a an All Star caliber player, and it's he outclassed the Kings guards today. Yeah, like some of the moves he had were you know Jokic did this too, right? He had a couple post ups where we all. We were on press row. We all start laughing after one of these post moves because he just like turns and shoots over. It's like it's like he wasn't even trying. No, I score now. Yeah, and Gary had a couple of those today too, where it was just like he got you with one move and then he walks to the rim because he's like, no man, right? You're not on my level. I think he's feeling himself too. I mean, Gary's a really understated guy, but at this point he's starting to think like, hey, why why should there be a ceiling on my game? And right, he's playing really confidently. Right, and and I think it's a good question. Why should there be a ceiling on this guy? I think we all like look at Gary as he's kind of like this do-it-all Swiss Army knife guy, and that's what he's been in. And so you're always going like, well, that's just what he is. Right. Before we're thinking he's like a, a take-over-a-game take type of player. But, man, I just it, – it's kind of like everything we've said. You know, it's they're, the Nuggets are better, Gary Harris is better, and it's like you just got to believe in it at this point. And I have a take about your, your point about why do we have to – you know, why is it so hard to move on? Players get reputations very, very early in their career, it's and true. it's hard to break. We see this with recruiting. A player is a top – overall pick at a high school like right he's the prospect number one prospect number one recruit goes to college he plays okay goes to the nba is not that good and we're still like man ben mcelmore should be good any minute it's like no man he was good as a junior in high school that's what you're still holding on to Jokic, a second round player second round pick it takes four years to be like well let's just see if the stats hold true for another year no man we have a huge sample size of him being good so i i think those reputations stick 
Yeah, no, that's a good point. But that's what's so cool about Gary, right? I mean, his reputation was, eh, it's yeah, really special. Seventeenth yeah. pick, nineteenth yeah. pick, whatever. Yeah. And, and to your point, we've always sort of framed him as this complimentary piece. Well, it's nice right. to have Gary out there too. Yeah. I think now we're starting to think, no, you need Gary out right. there, and he's one of the better players in the league. Because right. he was the MVP of a game featuring Steph Curry and Kevin Durant. No doubt. So, yeah. the, so when yeah. you when and you start doing coach. that, you're like, okay, yeah, this guy's actually on the level. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, when you start when you start carrying your team uh, over a team like the Golden State Warriors, I think at least for me that was it was certainly that night. I said, man, I. I believe in this guy, uh, and that I think he's once again, like I said, taking that, uh, taking that next step. All right, guys. Well, this is our first pickaxe pundits doing this in the first segment doing this. So don't be confused. We are going to be right back, uh, wrapping up next that Lakers game. But uh, Adam, Brendan, appreciate you guys here for the Kings game. Anytime, Thanks for finally pal. having me on. Yes. Yeah, we limited you to ten minutes, which is about. <laughs> all we so that was Adam Marez and Brendan Vote. Shout out to those guys. Appreciate them staying late to go over that Kings game with us. It was uh it was a good game, man. It was definitely, in my opinion, you know, the validation uh, of the hot start when you got to see them kind of come in and and play Sacramento. It certainly was uh, a game that looked like you know a mid tier playoff team versus a team that expects to be in the high lottery. So it. It was a it was a whole home win, but a good win in that it really I thought showed yet yeah, this team is for real. They they can just come in and take care of business uh, against the teams that they're supposed to beat, like the Sacramento Kings. It was not all roses for the Nuggets last week. Of course, they go to Los Angeles and end up dropping that game to the L.A. Lakers. Uh, tough loss, one that I I think was was somewhat to be expected. Obviously, with the Nuggets being four and zero. Uh, hopes were high that they would continue rolling on that streak, but I don't think it was all that uh, all that unexpected for them to drop that game in L.A. To break it down with me, I brought in Mr. Ryan Blackburn. So let's cut to that right now and hear Ryan's thoughts on the loss to the Lakers. All right, and to talk about that Lakers game, we have brought in Ryan Blackburn out in South Carolina. Ryan, what's up? Not much, Zach. How are you doing, man? Uh, just, uh, just getting ready to, you know, enjoy my weekend here. It was a long, it was a long work week. Let me tell you that I, uh, had a lot going on. So I'm happy, happy to have the, um, the weekend upon us, but a little bummed because the Nuggets are no longer undefeated. Of course, they lose to the Los Angeles Lakers on Thursday night, right? It was Thursday night. Um, right. What was the final action? I'm totally unprepared for this. Anyways, was... they lose... Yeah, around 119-112 or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Um, they end up losing that game. First loss of the season. Um, Ryan, all right, give me your take. What was the uh, what was the the primary reason for that loss? Well, there's there's a combination of things there, but the primary reason I believe was that the Nuggets just cannot generate consistent offense to match another team's great offense right now. Uh, you're talking about how Nikola Jokic is an amazing player. He he performed extremely well during that game, but even he had his struggles. He had six turnovers during that game, and part of the reason for that was because the Nuggets couldn't really space the floor uh, with their starting lineups when Torrey Craig and Paul Millsap were out there. Jamal Murray and Gary Harris are always going to be dangerous shooters, but they're not shooting the ball well right now. Uh, Torrey Craig is a non-threat from outside and Paul Millsap has become a non-threat from outside as well. So you're really focusing on three different shooters and those three are the ones that also want to be driving into the middle of the lane. It's going to be really difficult for the Nuggets going forward to uh, create consistent offense, especially if they want to see Nikola Jokic in the post. They're going to need to figure out a way to space the floor again. Right, yeah, that was. Um, I think that was definitely one, uh, one of the biggest things you noticed on the Nuggets end was just just the lack of being able to hit three pointers. They even got their guys, their guys who can shoot the ball, Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, uh, Nikola Jokic. I mean, it seemed like Jokic just could not buy one all night uh, from from outside. In fact, the the Nuggets end up shooting just six of twenty three uh, from three point range. Nobody shot it in particular. Well, I guess other than Monty Morris. Um, but that that I think 
dovetails onto basically this is the the first game we've seen where we they really kind of missed Will Barton, right? They didn't because I mean Tory Craig. We we've heard so much about how he's become such an improved shooter over the offseason. We've yet to see it though in 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 game action. And there were times I mean they they just absolutely ignored him out at the uh, the three point line, and and he couldn't make them pay, and that and that hurt the Nuggets. Like you said, I thought that was a great uh, great point. The spacing um, the spacing really killed them, and and then like I said, it wasn't just. Just uh, Paul Millsap or or, or Torrey, it was everybody. The entire team just did not shoot it well. And and to be clear, to be clear, the defense is also a major concern, especially on a primary ball handler like LeBron. Uh, that's that's going to be the Nuggets' biggest weakness with this current defense, is because they basically rotate Nikola Jokic over. They rotate the backside over to cover for Nikola Jokic. But a great passer like LeBron James is also going to be able to find that open man. Uh, that's an issue, and and but there are so few guys like that, so few great ball handlers and passers in the league that it's not as big of an issue against most of the NBA. But against the Lakers, it is a glaring issue when it comes to defense. You just have to understand that and be prepared for that, and you have to be prepared to go toe to toe with them offensively. Then, and I don't think the Nuggets were right, and the, you, I mean. To be honest, the other, the other thing, one of the I thought one of the biggest reasons they lost as well was they just uh, was they just had a really bad stretch there at the end of the fourth quarter. I mean, they were they were leading the game. Uh, I think man was something like like five minutes left or something like that. They were up by maybe even up by eight, and they um, a couple of things happened. They went entirely flat from the floor, and then and then Lance Stevenson, man, what is that? Was a flashback moment right there to, to Lance Stevenson back in his heyday with the Pacers. He was absolutely just, I mean, they had no answer for him. They had no way to stop him. He could get to the net or to the rim with ease. He was hitting shots. You could tell he had, he had a lot of confidence going into that. And then the combination of him uh, and JaVale McGee, who, who has just looked really, I mean, <laughs> we're Nuggets. Any Nuggets fan is going to have a really hard time, like, believing this JaVale McGee uh, is, is sustainable and real because, like, we, we saw this. We saw this in in the series against the Lakers back in, uh, what was that, 2013 and 2012, actually. Uh, and we, we it was like, oh, all right, JaVale's going to make it. He's really going to be this type of player, the type of player we're seeing him right now in these first few games with the Lakers. And of course, he never actually ended up handing out that. But he's played. I mean, he's played extremely well. And the combination of him and Lance Stevenson right there down the stretch, something I thought I would never be saying, um, was a huge was a huge factor in the game. And really, kind of that was kind of the knockout punch for the Nuggets. They had not nowhere to respond. And I just think it was just I don't know. It was um. Is the first game I've watched the Nuggets where I really felt their offense was the, the clunkiness in their offense has really been. Uh, was really kind of noticeable, and which is funny because they scored 114 points. But outside of Monty Morris, I can't think of a single guy guy who played that game for the. And I thought throughout the game he was looking. You know, he looked like he was in control uh, of his offense. So I, I don't it's know, it's man. tough. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of issues here. And I I my my personal opinion is that once the Nuggets get more spacing into their starting lineup, then a lot of that goes away. But at this point, you're dealing with Paul Millsap, who's not looking like he's the springest of chickens right now. And, <laughs> Can we, and wait, 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 hold on, hold on. Can we just talk real quick about that rim rejection on his dunk attempt uh, against the Lakers? Did you do you remember seeing that? Yeah, it's it's one of those eye-opening moments where you're you're, you're thinking back to yourself and looking looking at that game like that could have been a big changer and. Uh, Millsap just does not have the legs anymore to do it. It's it's going to be really really disappointing going forward if that's the norm rather than a rather than just an aberration. Right, and I, I honestly think it probably is. I think it was kind of funny because it, what made it so funny was because it, you could tell Millsap thought he was going to get that dunk to go down because man he uh, he brought it he brought it with everything he had. There was no there was no half hearted dunk attempt there, uh, <laughs> which made it made it a little more comical in the end, but. Um, I just don't think, yeah, I, th- I think that was kind of revealing to him, hopefully, as well. They're like, man, you, you probably aren't that type of player anymore, um, which is fine, though. I actually think that's fine. He, he's going he's gonna to have to adapt, and, and Millsap's the type of guy who can be crafty enough with his footwork uh, and, and working in the post that he should be able to do that. It seems to be not working so far, and his spacing, like you've brought up, Ryan, has really struggled, and, and you that's really what he's got to get back. But he, I, I don't know. Personally, I think you got to have hope for him. Um, 
Well, I'm, I'm going to do some work numbers wise and, and try to get to the bottom of where the, which players are causing more, more struggles for the nuggets when it comes to their offensive production. I, my, my first suspicion is that the combination of Millsap and Craig on the floor has been a real, real pain for the nuggets offense. And it's it's unfortunate to think that because those two are going to be very important going forward, especially without Will Barton right now. But you may have to make some changes if you want to sustain great offense in the starting lineup, even if it does sacrifice some defensive integrity. It's it's a tough decision for Malone, and he's a defense guy first. But I my opinion is that you get the offense back to its elite place, and then you continue to chip away at the defense. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, Ryan, let me ask you this. Uh, I think we saw a pretty pretty sort of negative turn on social media amongst Nuggets Nation after that loss. Uh, understandably disappointed, especially when, like we said, they, they had the chance to win it there down the stretch and let it slip away. Uh, should... Uh, should Nuggets fans be discouraged? Should they, and, and how discouraged should they be with this I mean, loss? It's this loss proves that they're not going to be a 60 win team. It doesn't prove that they're not going to make the playoffs or they're not going to be at least a 50 win team. In my opinion, I pegged them for 50 wins before the season. And I'm still very comfortable saying that they, they picked up a good win against the Los Angeles Clippers. They picked up a win. I didn't expect them to have against the golden state warriors. And they took care of business at home against two teams that they needed to win against. And last season, you may not have seen that. So it's, it's undetermined at this point, just how good they can be. But this was a game where on national TV, going against the Lakers, going against the best player in the world, like it, it's not necessarily the worst thing in the world that they lost this game. They just need to have a reality check, and and the the right. pressure of being four and zero and undefeated may have gotten to their heads just a little bit. Definitely not Nikola Jokic's head, but but to some of the other guys for sure. Uh, I don't see any issues going forward right now. It, there are some weaknesses with the team, but we're we're being very picky with regards to that. They still have a lot of firepower right now. And they just need to deploy it effectively. Right. And the other thing is, they I mean, at some point, it, it only gets better, right? The, when you think about the firepower that is currently not playing for the Denver Nuggets, it is uh, it is rather uh, rather impressive. So they're, um, they're, it, it'll certainly get better. And I'm with you, man. I, would, I, I wouldn't read too much into it. I would have penciled this one in as a loss anyways. I mean, because it is a national TV game in L.A. against LeBron early in the year. It... It's I, a think tough I, win. That's I think I did. I think I did pencil it. I think I did pencil this in as a loss going into it, like before before the season, going through season pre- win predictions and whatnot. Like I I pencil this in as a loss just because you don't know what's going to happen on national TV. It right. gets kind of crazy, and this is their first national TV game of the year, so it happens. Like like right. people people need to chill. There are some issues, and I get I get it. That I did an article uh, on Friday that was basically taking this fan reaction and and turning it into a fact or fiction piece. And there are a couple of facts there, but most of it is just emotions that are getting the best of people. This team's going to be really good. So right. don't get don't get too discouraged, Nuggets Nation. Right, they're still 4 and 1. Let's let's be uh, let's be a little realistic. They got a big game and they got a big game coming up on Monday, uh, of course, against the Pelicans. We'll get into that a little bit later in the show talking with Mr. Gordon Gross. But um no, I, I mean, I, I like I said, I, I don't read too much into it. I really don't. I, I, I expected them to lose this game. At, at least, like you said, before the season started, when you were kind of running through your predictions, this was a game that you had penciled in as a loss. Now, maybe when they were 4-0 going into it, you're thinking, oh, all right, you know, they've they played pretty well. They've, I've, I've found a reason to think they might lose the first four games. They've won all of them. So, you know, you start trying to believe. And I think that's probably a lot of what the, the fan the sentiment was as well. And then... You start to really believe they're getting this hype. Chuck's saying they're the second best team uh, in the NBA on TNT, or not in the NBA, in the Western Conference. 
and and then and then they come out and and they lose the game in, in sort of heartbreaking fashion like they do. I, I get it, but it, it like you said, it's it's emotion. Uh, the Nuggets are the Nuggets are gonna be fine. They're gonna be they they've, they've there's no reason to not think those first four games aren't the norm for this team and and or or these first five games are the norm for the team where they're gonna have a lot of solid wins, a lot of good wins, and you know what? Sometimes they're gonna lose some games, uh, including tough ones like like that Lakers one. But there's no reason to think that they won't be there in the playoffs. And what I would really hope to see is that you maybe get these two teams against each other again, sometimes in the playoffs. It'd probably have to be in a second round, but I don't think that's entirely out of the question either. Uh, Ryan, do you think, I guess, A, do you think the Lakers will make the playoffs? And and how how likely would it be that they, they might get like a second round matchup or even a first round matchup uh, with the Nuggets? Yeah, I I think they'll definitely make the playoffs. I I don't have any confidence right now in Minnesota. I don't have any confidence in San Antonio. So it means that means that pretty much everybody else is in. I think the Clippers are out, Memphis is out, and then the three bottom teams, uh, which would be the Sacramento Kings, Dallas Mavericks, and uh, Phoenix Suns. So that means by extension, I think the Lakers are going to be in. It just kind of depends on what seed they get. Uh, with with regard to uh, with regard to whether they could play the Nuggets or whether whether the Nuggets might play them, it w- it would take a little bit of a stretch. But I d- I don't think that this Lakers team isn't. I don't think they're bad by any extension. They have LeBron James and they're still figuring things out. Uh, Lonzo Ball looked amazing in that game yesterday or not yesterday on Thursday night. Right. He. Uh, right he's a dynamic piece that they hadn't been deploying effectively before. So once they get everything straightened out, I think they're going to be just fine. Rajon Rondo does not deserve to be in the starting lineup. He's not as good as Lonzo ball. It's pretty clear in my opinion. So, uh, but they're probably not done making moves either. JaVale McGee is fine as a 20 minute per game center but they can't play Kyle Kuzma and LeBron James the other 28 minutes all the time at, right. at, at the center position. It just doesn't make sense for their team. So I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if they went out and added a piece that could at least contribute in the short term. Yeah, I, I can see that as well. It's just, you know, obviously the, the Lakers are playing the long game here. They, when you could see, I mean, they signed all these guys to one-year deals for a reason. They're going to enter free agency next year. Uh, with trying to, to woo someone with uh, the attraction of this young core plus LeBron, which is a, not a bad not a bad pitch, to be honest with you, uh, at the Lakers. Yeah. I mean, I, you, know, you know, I agree with you about Lonzo Ball, too. I've, I've been uh, one of the more critical people of him so far, just because I, haven't, I thought, really didn't think we'd seen it consistently over a 48-minute game. But he uh, he played uh, pretty pretty outstanding throughout the game. I mean, five steals, and that's the thing that about Lonzo that I don't think people re- realize as much is how good of a defender he is. And he gave uh, Jamal Murray problems. He, I mean, flat out, he, he outplayed Jamal Murray in that game. Yeah, um, absolutely. I think I, you know, I agree with you. I think they're going to be in the playoffs. It's it's a question of if if you're thinking the Nuggets and then whether or not the Nuggets or Lakers, those two teams could play each other in the playoffs. It's really a question of of do you really believe in one of these teams? Because if you really believe in the Nuggets, well, you could see a scenario where maybe they end up as a three seed. The Lakers get in as a seven seed. They pull off an upset in the first round, and they see the Nuggets in the second round. Uh, or you could see a scenario where. They, you get the Lakers, you know, the, you really believe in the list, this Lakers team, they could end up being a four or five seed, the Nuggets, of course, being the other four or five seed, and then you play those two teams, uh, would play in the first round. That, that's where I don't think either one of those scenarios is all that likely. Um, but not out, not outside of the realm of possibility, but I just think it would be, it, it would be really cool because I Ooh. think one thing I noticed in this, in this game, um, was these teams seem, they, there seems to be a, 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 genuine dislike among among this Nuggets team and this Lakers team maybe not not as much LeBron because he's new to the team but the, the, these two young cores just genuinely seem to to dislike each other and and like and get up for playing against each other yeah no I, I would agree and it's also a fun style fight too just because the Lakers are so small and so fast while the Nuggets are very much a traditional team by comparison uh with traditional size uh now, the non-traditional part of that is that the Nuggets don't have anybody to guard LeBron James. So that that either has to change in this scenario or the Nuggets could be in, in big trouble. A lot of people 
talk about Nikola Jokic being the issue uh, when the Nuggets, when the Lakers go small. I don't necessarily see that as an issue. I just see the the Nuggets don't have anybody of like size that is athletic enough to check LeBron James at this point. Paul Millsap did as as great of a job as you can ask from him, but you can't really ask much anymore just because, I mean, it's LeBron James and Millsap is now 33-34. Right, I mean, well, so is LeBron, but uh, it's... Different, um, different caliber here. <laughs> right, right. Um, but, uh, no, I, well, the, you're going to have trouble defending LeBron James. That's pretty much true of every single team with the exception of maybe Toronto, you know, so... There, the guy, because I honestly believe Kawhi Leonard is probably the only guy in the entire league uh, who could who can really match up um, with LeBron. So, the but you're right. I thought Paul did a pretty good job. I, it, was, it was as good a job as you as you could expect. But in the end, uh, LeBron, LeBron, too much. Though I honestly like to wrap it up. I guess to bring it back full circle and talking about that game. Um, I think you you could have just let Lebr- you know if you let LeBron get his, they they actually would have been fine. It was the again, it was that. Uh, Lance Stevenson's and the the Javel McGee's and the step backs from Lonzo Ball. Uh, the Cal Kuzma had a pretty good game. And and LeBron had a triple double. Like right. they, he had to pass to those. Like he he could have honestly racked up fifteen assists if the Lakers were hitting all of their shots. It's right. it's uh that's gonna be a big point of emphasis. My my guess is that the Nuggets really need to focus on their help side defense and and make LeBron go for fifty. Uh, in all likelihood. That's right. going to be, that's going to be an interesting style fight going forward for these other for these other games that the Nuggets will play the Lakers against. Absolutely, it'll be it's going to be fun to see, man. There's there's still more to come, and like we said, there uh, it's it's a good matchup, and it seems like it could be a, a rivalry brewing there between these two young teams. All right, Ryan. Well, I uh, I appreciate you coming on, sir, for uh, this segment, and uh, I'll let you give a quick pitch out to uh, your newest podcast, Nuggets Numbers. Oh, well, I appreciate it, man. Uh, for those of you that don't know, I've been on the Denver Stiffs and, and with Zach's platform, the Pickaxe Podcast Network, and uh, and have been starting up my own podcast titled Nuggets Numbers. That's for Nuggets fans and NBA fans that want to continue to educate themselves on the analytics side of, the ba- of basketball uh, through different play type stats. Uh, we're going to talk about breaking down certain players and their tendencies and, and just how they affect the game and play some games on there. I've already had Gordon Gross and Daniel Lewis on there, and both of those episodes were pretty interesting. So I definitely invite you guys to check it out. And going forward, we're going to see if we can expand that a little bit. So I'm really excited for it. It's been a lot of fun. Okay, so that was Mr. Blackburn giving us the rundown on that Kings game. Here's what we're going to do. Let's go ahead. Let's hit a break. And then we come back. We'll stop looking back. We'll start looking forward. I've got Mr. Gordon Gross, as I said. He is with us to look forward to this New Orleans Pelicans game. Big game on the horizon. And then a quick two-game road trip for the Nuggets. That should be uh, should be a definite 2-0 road trip. I'll ask Gordon, though, is there any way you could see them losing one of those two games. So stick with us. We'll be right back. been there when the budget's the tightest or a time is the shortest that's when disaster strikes the last thing anyone wants to deal with in these times is an electrical issue in their home or business maybe your light suddenly won't turn on or maybe a home inspector wants that electrical service changed before you can close out on a property you're selling heck maybe it's not even an emergency at all and you're just looking to finish out your basement or get some power ran to that new ac unit whatever your need may be give sun electrical a call They're a family-owned and operated business that serves the front range, and you can be assured that you'll not only get the highest quality service, but you'll also get the most affordable price as well. Mike, the owner of Sun Electrical, will come to your home or business personally to evaluate your situation and provide a free estimate, and he stands by the work Sun performs as a fully licensed and insured electrical contractor. So give him a call, 719-659-6888. Don't be fooled by the phone number as they'll serve the entire front range from Colorado Springs to Fort Collins and everywhere in between. That's 719-659-6888. 719-659-6888. 
Sun Electrical, the home of truly affordable electrical work. Welcome back into the Pickaxe Pundit Show. Zach Mikosh with DenverStiffs.com. Now for the second half of the show, we are going to bring in Mr. Gordon Gross down in Colorado Springs. Gordon, what's happening? Not much. Just, you know, hanging out, talking nuggets, and hoping you left enough time in this podcast for me to keep uh, bloviating all over your podcast. <laughs> well, I'm no longer held to a strict one-hour timeline. Like it's That's no longer, true. Like, That's true. You have to be within – like literally my window was two minutes before. So it was pretty It was pretty tight uh, where I had to land in there. Now, you know – right. You were like, Gordon, longer. stop talking. Gordon, yeah. I need you to stop talking right now. <laughs> Like, I'm cutting this out anyways in editing, so really. <laughs> right, yeah, you can blather on, but it won't matter. Yeah, so now that I've wasted an entire minute, what do you got? Exactly. I was like, not, not that we're here to uh, not that we're here to lengthen the show with windy discussion. So, all right, let's 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 wrap up this week's show. We want to we go ahead and look ahead now as we spent the first half of the show going over the win against the Kings and the loss against the Lakers. Shout out to Brendan Vogt, Adam Mares, and Ryan Blackburn for their help. And now we get to turn and look at this upcoming week. Pretty big week. Four games for the Nuggets on the docket uh, until we will talk to you guys next, including the one that comes up tonight, the big one. I think everybody certainly had this circled on their calendars uh, before the weekend when both the Denver Nuggets and the New Orleans Pelicans were 4-0. and Both those teams, of course, have now lost the game. Nuggets to the Lakers like we just spent the time talking about, and then the Pelicans lost to the Utah Jazz. Still, I think both of these teams are very hot out of the gate and very much uh, the surprise stories early on. Gordon, which team, Nuggets or Pelicans, are you buying the hot start more? Oh, um, I would probably still go Nuggets. Uh, it's just tough. I expect both teams to be really good. Right. Like, it's not that I expect – when you say hot start, it means that, uh, you know, I think somebody's going to cool off, and I'm not sure that they are. Uh, if they were the four and the five seeds in the West, I would not be surprised. Right. So, I mean, those uh, I would not want that playoff matchup, by the way. Do no, not bring me no. Anthony Davis in the playoffs. Thanks. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I would definitely certainly want to see. And I not agree. in the first round, anyway. Right. I mean, if you got to play them at some point, you got to play them. But, uh, I mean, I agree. I think these teams are these two teams are, yeah, that are going to be somewhere in that three to six range. Uh, a lot of people yeah. were kind of counting out the Pelicans just because DeMarcus Cousins was no longer there. But they, they kind of forgot that when Cousins got injured, that's really when Anthony Davis took off last season and started having like Anthony a Davis is a monster. Right. He's just a monster. And basically, you kept your monster in a cage and you were like, play nice with the other guy. And then when you took him out of the cage again, he was just fine. So, no, I, I'm i not really worried about AD as long as they let him be AD in the same way that, you know, Jokic needs to be Jokic. AD needs to be AD. That's just how that works. Um, and uh, Drew Holiday is playing like he's supposed to play, right. like I expected him to play when I talked about signing him and people laughed at me. <laughs> right. Right. And I was like, no, no, you don't get it. No, if he's, he's on, good. that is the guy. Yeah, and he's been the guy for them defensively and offensively. So, absolutely, yeah. No, I mean Drew Holiday, and then they also added, you know, uh, well, all just kind of the moves that they've added. So Drew Holiday, obviously, is a guy who's been there for a bit now, but uh, they added uh, Nikola Mirotic last season. He has yep. been uh, fantastic to start off this year. They added Julius Randle, who I thought was one of the most under the radar, underrated signings. Of the Couldn't believe how cheap. Yeah, I was just going to bring this up. I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to to point this out to people who are thinking. So Julius Randle gets what a two year, eighteen million dollar deal, right? So he's like yeah, nine million a season. Aaron Gordon got a what four year, eighty million dollar deal? I believe so. Those guys are like their production is almost identical. I would yeah, I would switch one for the other easily in any lineup. And so the fact that they are they're paying him half the price of yeah less than of Aaron Gordon. Yeah, but it's it's ridiculous, man. And I, uh, he's also a really good fit next to Anthony Davis, as he doesn't necessarily need to be taking shots. Right. He can fill in. He can fit in. And his ego is not um, Demarcus sized. Right. So he doesn't feel like he needs to be the man. Uh, he does have something to prove, though. 
So he doesn't need to be the man, but he does have a chip on his shoulder. Those are great things. Right, right. And, yeah, and I think he also fits really well against uh, Nikola Mirotic as well. I think that's yep. – he, he's a great great third big for them because he can kind of allow them to pay that play that three-big man – three-big rotation and, and overall um, – you know, give them give them some fluidity in that rotation. So he's really good good addition there. And I don't know, man. I, I I think I'm with you. I think both these teams are really good. I think both their hot starts are to believe. I mean, obviously the Pelicans lost to the Jazz, but that's uh, you, with, without with, it, without with a big Anthony asterisk, Davis. right? Yeah, Anthony yeah. Davis did not play, and he's questionable for the game tonight. So we'll see uh, if he played. Full disclosure: We are not recording this right as uh, right before the game, so he may have already been announced one way or the other. So. Don't leave us angry comments in the comment section if that's the case. But um, I mean, if he plays, obviously this this is a matchup that that is is I would say almost a coin flip, and maybe give it to the Nuggets because they've got the home court. But uh, if he doesn't, and that's play, what I the have. Nuggets I have, I have coin flip going to the Nuggets because they should be able to run the Pelicans out the gym if they play well, right. and that would make a difference in the fourth quarter. That's basically why I would have the Nuggets winning it. Right. But it is a coin flip if Anthony Davis plays. If he doesn't play. The Nuggets had better win. Like that's right. just the way that this goes. Right. Exactly. I mean, New Orleans is they're they're an okay team without Anthony Davis, but they're they're a team you would say that's like a ten or eleven seed. You know, right? In, uh, they're they're like the Clippers basically without yes. Anthony Davis. Yes, so, I agree with that. Yeah. So you you it, you got to beat that team, especially on your home court, especially coming off that loss to the Lakers, uh, and I would expect them to do so if Anthony Davis doesn't play. I expect them to. Do so even if he does. It's going to be difficult. Obviously, Drew Holiday, I think, is going to give them some trouble. We saw Lonzo Ball. I expect that, yeah, with the wing defense, man, right. and especially the on-ball defense. Right. Um, we had uh, we had some handle issues with Jamal Murray against um, against the on-ball pressure of Lonzo Ball. Right. And I, I'm not sure that it's going to get any better. No, no. Uh, messing around with Drew Holiday, who definitely can be a terror with wingspan and uh they they do well in uh steals getting hands and passing lanes trying to disrupt exactly what denver does which is pass over and around people right. rather than trying to shoot over them right yeah and i mean drew will probably spend some time obviously guarding gary harris but if i was yeah. if i'm alvin gentry and i'm watching that watching that film from the nuggets lakers game i'm absolutely putting him on jamal murray and doing that full yes. court pressure because that really worked i mean that that definitely took Jamal off his game and led to some turnovers, some easy buckets for the Lakers. So when you got a guy like Drew Holiday, who's just as much uh, the defender that Lonzo Ball is, both of them excellent defenders, uh, it's, it's something that I would not be surprised to see them go to in that game. All right, let's move on to to the rest of the week. So right after the Pelicans games, the Nuggets are going to go ahead and go on a quick two-game road swing. They will be out in Chicago. And of course, play the Bulls, and then follow that up with the the Cleveland Cavs. So the Cavs, of course, just fired their coach. They're zero six. Chicago is clearly uh, in a rebuild. Zach Levine's uh, play, notwithstanding, uh, I think Laurie Markkinen is out. Right? He's been. I think if I remember, he's been he's injured at the moment. Uh, right. For the Bulls. So Gordon, I mean, they have to go two and zero, right? You can't drop either one of these nope. games. Two and zero. If if they do not go two and zero, that's a big issue. Um, you can't you can't drop to the team that is obviously um, mega tanking and has decided that, you know, they're just done with the whole year. Right. And you can't drop uh, the game to the one and a half star uh, Chicago Bulls who don't have their whole complement of guys and are just really trying to get their flow together and figure out what they have with their healthy pieces. Right. Right. That is so you can't do that. You can't. Not if you're not if you want to contend. These are the games you need if you're going to be legit. Right. Yeah. These are the type of games that you talked about at the beginning of the season in media day about. Hey, we've got to take every game seriously. Okay. Road games in against the Chicago Bulls and against the Cleveland Cavaliers. These these are the exact type of games you're talking about. These are easy games to let slip up because you're on the road. You're playing a team that is a, is a basement dweller. And you tend to overlook them, but they're still NBA teams. They st- those guys get paid too, and this is a and they still want to win. Like regardless right. of how the front office feels about their timeline, the guys on the court want to win. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Those guys aren't sitting there saying, "Oh, you know, we're we're really we're really looking forward to getting that uh, lottery selection next year." Like <laughs> those guys care yeah, exactly zero. Uh, zero about that. So it's it's. I'm with you, man. They gotta get both these games. Especially, I mean, Cleveland is in the, is in an absolute tailspin. So that that would be 
uh, embarrassing. That would be on par to, I'm thinking, you know, the losses to like Atlanta uh, last Dallas season last or year. Dallas or Phoenix, right? One of those type of games. Yep. Though the like I said, the games that, that everybody talked about, they can't overlook. And then Chicago, Chicago. I'm not honestly, I'm not all that worried about because you know Nicole's going to come with his A game. He has a Serbian contingent, right? Man. The Serbian right. contingent in Chicago, he will come to play in Chicago. Right, exactly. He's always played very well there. It's almost like a home game for him now. And they are, like I said, man, they're they're beat up as you look at things. So Laurie Markkinen uh, is out. Bobby Portis is out. Chris Dunn is out. Denzel Valentine, which you know, maybe that one you don't care about too much, but he is also out. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, that's – this is a team who's in, in a rebuild with their young core, and then, then the big pieces of their young core, uh, guys like Chris Dunn, uh, Laurie Markkinen, and even to, a, to an extent Bobby Portis, not having any of those guys. I mean, you're playing – uh, again, a cellar dweller type of team, so it's it's something you're playing the bench of a cellar dweller team. You'd better right. win. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And and don't get me wrong. I mean, Zach Levine has been great this year. He has been uh, has been a revelation for coming it, off that knee. knee he, yeah, most improved player uh, so far. I would right. assume he'll get right. Yeah, if he keeps this up. And then you know the other thing uh, when you look at that Cleveland game, there's potential Kevin Love doesn't play for the, in that game as well. So it's like right. You know, I mean. Uh, once again, there's one. There's really one player worth a darn on on Cleveland. Uh, no offense to J.R. Smith or Tristan Thompson, but uh, that's Kevin Love. So if man, if that guy's not in again, it's a team that you just flat out, uh, flat out have to win. And and again, once a good again a really good test. We've we haven't seen this yet from the Nuggets. We've seen them play uh, a bad team at home in their home opener, take care of business. couple team bad teams at, at home and take care of business. We've seen them play uh okay team, decent team on the road uh, and win that game. We've seen them play a, what I think is a challenging team in a challenging environment, uh, play them hard but end up losing. This is the first time we're going to see, okay, now you're playing basement dweller teams on the road. Are you going to take care of business? Is this a business trip or is this the same old Nuggets? So we'll get we'll get I think man with these first three games this week we'll get to really know uh, if that four and zero was legit or if it was maybe a little bit of fool's gold. Uh, no, I agree. There's I I would expect really like regardless of the outcome of the the Pelicans game like if they drop the Pelicans game I expect them to win both. Right. Um, I could I guess you could view the Chicago game as a trap game somehow. Um, if they if they get a really hard fought victory against the Pelicans, right? But really, the game of the week that they can that they can lose at looking at it legitimately would be the Pelicans game. These right. two games, there is no good reason for them to lose either game. Right, and then you of course you come around back on the back and you got Utah in in town on Saturday, so that's a uh, you don't want to, you really want to only, you can only drop one of those games because that's a, another probably fifty fifty game you've got. Coming yep. up next Saturday, so you really want to uh, losing more than one of these games. It really comes down to man, you got to take care of business on that road trip, and then and then let, then, then maybe if you win it's one of your what two contenders do right, exactly, exactly. Um, okay, Gordon. So uh, we probably won't dive too much into Utah, but let me let me let me ask you this. So we've seen now we've seen a week. We've seen some guys who have been playing well. Obviously, Gary Harris, Nicole Jokic, Monty Morris. These guys have all shown out really well in the first week of the season. But some of the guys that you were really hoping to show out uh, as of yet have not. Specifically, I think of okay. We heard a ton about Tory Craig being a better shooter, uh, being a great shooter from three point land over the off season. He has been pretty awful thus far uh, from outside. Likewise, Paul Millsap has has struggled to shoot the ball um, pretty much. And he made a three the other day. He did. He did All make right. that one three. Yeah. yeah. And then Jamal Murray. Well, Jamal Murray has had some some games where he's definitely put up some points. He's had some spurts in games. And with Jamal Murray, all it takes is a five minute spurt and he can put up 12, 15 points. And then he ends up with about 20 in the night. Um, right. But he's still not shooting that well it's and this is this is the third season in a row now we've seen this from jamal right he he tends to just really start off slow with his shooting um and 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 it looks like it's happening again i guess uh, gordon which which one of those guys are you the most concerned about which one are you the least concerned about um i would it's hard to say Millsap. i'm going to go with Millsap. Millsap says he's rushing Right. Um, and he doesn't it, – he's just getting sped up on his own. I don't know why. He doesn't know why. Uh, but my concern with it is that he will keep taking the shots that he feels like he should take. Right. Like Tory Craig is only going to take the shots that he takes in, you know, you were a wide open, you had better shoot it kind of a way. Right. He's not going to go hunting for his own shot. 
He's not going to go do whatever. So Torrey Craig is out there for defense, and he's out there to shoot threes and keep people honest. He's not doing a good job of keeping people honest, but eventually he should be able to. Right. Right. Yeah, that's – you know what? The funny thing is I'll actually – I mean, Torrey – I'm not all that concerned, I guess, with Torrey just because he's – I don't I don't know. I don't expect him to be long uh, for the starting lineup, obviously, just as long as maybe Will Barton. Uh, that That's his right. max, right? His max time to start. Yeah, yeah. His, his max Barton is when back. Will Barton gets back. Uh, he could be even shorter if the Nuggets decide to go a different route. And then as we saw, you know, it, it looked like how Coach wants to use Torrey just as a situational guy where he might not even play every night. It might be, you know, he's going to coach go with Malik Beasley and Wancho Hernan Gomez for a night, and then maybe he goes with Malik and Torrey, Wancho right. and Torrey. They have options, man. Right. They have options. When Torrey Craig isn't on and he, and he you know, misses the rim with a shot, you're like, that's fine. I'll get Malik in there. Malik will shoot it or Wancho or whatever. Right. But Millsap's going to keep shooting, man, and he is butchering shots out there that he would normally make. It's very odd. He, he doesn't look like he has his legs. He got he stuffed himself on the rim. With a Jokic level vert, like <laughs> he just, it doesn't look like Millsap, and that's that's a big concern for me. Um, I expect his defense to always be there. He's a cagey defender, right? So that's fine. Uh, that's like uh, uh, when you're talking about uh, any kind of defense, like Zach Randolph. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't. His offensive game didn't have to be there for his defense for what he learned for defense to work for him in, in Memphis. And the, he was fine. Like, you just you get in the right way, you stop the guy from charging, and you're good. Like, it doesn't matter. No one is moving Millsap if he doesn't want to get moved. So it's it's not a big deal. But offensively, I am concerned about him. I'm not so concerned about Murray because, like, Murray does this every year, man. Like, right. he comes out every year and just bombs in October. Right. And, and you don't understand it. It's It's been, you know, at first I thought it was the hernia, and then maybe, you know, first it was a rookie, second was a hernia, you know, now I don't know what it is. Now he just needs to hypnotize himself into thinking the season starts earlier than it does. Right? <laughs> yes, right. He, whatever, whatever it is, he just the first dozen games of the year are not his games. And so that's fine. Like, I, I accept that that's going to be the case. I'm a little worried about his handle. But, you know, again, those are things that can be worked on. Just don't want to bring the ball up the floor all the time and you'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, uh, I don't, I, I, I'm trying, I'm trying to go there with you on Jamal because it's like, man, <laughs> again, like this was the year he was picking for most, most improved player, right? The, the GM survey, everybody expected him to do that. There was tons of people. You, you saw all that potential. We've seen it for two years and it's just like, you're just waiting for him to just put it together for a full 82. Right. And here he is shooting 29% from three point land. Uh, five games in so nope. it's only five games but it, so. we know it's not gonna it's, right we know that that's not how he shoots right but it's how he shoots in october it's just right and it's it's the weirdest phenomenon like i don't understand it like, because a guy for a guy who is who's uh presented as, as as you know having such great mental toughness and, and and game prep you would think that he would come out lights on fire you know uh with the right from game one but he just for whatever it is, he just doesn't. But, you know, I asked I asked Jamal about it on media day, and he basically said, you know, he doesn't care, he doesn't think about it, and that he's just going to keep shooting, and he might he might right. shoot 29% for five games. He might shoot, you know, 50% for five games from three. It's just it's just how it goes. So I guess we'll have to wait and see. I'm with you, though. I think Millsap is probably the most concerning. But at the same time, I think it might be also the easiest to mitigate because you probably, at least once Will Barton gets back, it's a little bit tough right now. That, yeah, the next month is my concern. Right. Because you're looking for a guy. You can't, you, Tory Craig is not the guy who you're going to rely on on offense. No. You know, regardless of how well he shoots in the G League, you're just not going to rely on him in the NBA. So you need another guy to pick up the scoring slack. Right. And if Jamal's going to struggle because Jamal just doesn't have his shooting touch early, whatever whatever reason, he doesn't have his legs in the shot and it, it's just off, um, then you're looking at Gary Harris taking more shots than normal, which is not really his game. He likes to play within the parameters. Gary's not a not a chucker. Gary, Gary does what he's supposed to do, which means what he's supposed to do is not shoot 25 times a game. Um, so you need another guy who's going to be able to score. And Jokic likes to defer for scoring. He likes to pass to people. So you need Millsap to be able to finish. Yep. Uh, or you need him to not try. Right. But one of those two things has to happen. Right. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. And I'm thinking I'm leaning towards the not try part. I think that's probably just the way. Boy, that, that getting stuffed by the rim was pretty revealing to me. That was uh, – just because of the, the ferocity he tried to bring with that dunk. Absolutely. It was, you could he tell it was shocking it. to him. <laughs> yeah, it was 100% locked and loaded, and then he just bounced it off the rim like, I don't even know what just happened to me. 
Oh and, and and Millsap is so smart, and has been such a good player for so long. I don't worry that he's going to have trouble transitioning to the end phase of his career. Mm-hmm. I just don't want the end phase of his career to be right now. Right. Yeah. Like that would be a really complicated problem for Denver to solve with Will Barton out. Exactly. Yeah. They they got to get a little bit more of that squeeze a little more juice out of that orange. Uh, yeah. For for at least another month, if not for the whole season. Alrighty, well, I think we are going to wrap it up there for this episode of the Pickaxe Pundits. I hope you guys like the new format. I thought it was pretty cool. We got to have a lot of people on uh, this week. We will continue doing that each and every week. Make sure you are checking out, of course, all of the different podcasts that are going up. And I promise you we will have an actual channel you can follow on iTunes here uh, rather shortly. If not, you can continue to follow the Pickaxe Pundit Show on iTunes and Stitcher. Make sure you're following all of us on Twitter. I am at Zach Mikosh. Gordon is at GMoneyNug. Ryan is at NBA Blackburn. Blackburn. Adam Mars is at Adam underscore Mares, and Brendan Vote is at BVOGT422. Also follow us at Denver Stiffs at Pickaxe Pundits. Uh, we're over on Instagram at the Denver Stiffs on Facebook as well. Give us a follow and give us a like. All kinds of different places you can get all of your Nuggets news and your Denver Stiffs fix. We have unique content on all of those platforms that you might not necessarily see on the site. So make sure you are checking them all out. Alrighty, Mr. Gross, I appreciate you uh, bringing this one home for us. That's been good. We'll uh, hope for a good week. All right, everybody, we will talk to you next week.